Lazy Gardener Podcast. Yes, it's time for another Rob Foster podcast, or the Lazy Gardener podcast, and he's here in the studio with me. Hi there, Rob. Hi, Ian. And today we're talking about getting tooled up. It's one of those special podcasts that we do every now and again. Getting tooled up. What's it all about? Gardening is, you know, it's hard work and it's great fun, but it can also involve a lot of hard work. So it's very important to choose the right tools and the right tools for the right job in hand. This can make you work a lot easier. It can make or break a gardener. And the most important one to get right is a spade. But unfortunately... These have been badly designed for years. Initially, they're all made for people of an average height, and this was set at 5 foot 9 inches. They are therefore either too short or too long, which can play havoc with the back. Slowly, however, manufacturers have started to realise this and are now making them of different lengths, but they do take some sourcing. However, if you are on a limited budget, visit the car boots. There is very often some rusty tools offered for sale that have been cleared out of an old shed and they were probably purchased years ago when quality mattered. Rub the rust off with a bit of emery paper, a bit of linseed oil on the wooden shaft and you will more than likely have a quality item. And don't forget, periodically run a file over the cutting edge of the spade and this applies to most garden tools. Steel or stainless steel? I prefer the steel spades, but stainless steel spades can be neglected and still retain a very nice shine. You can also get tools at some of those really big antiques fairs as well, you know, like, like the one in Newark, can't you? They have sort yeah. of like specific stalls that just sell antique tools. That's right, yeah, and and it, it's worth, you know, because a lot of these were really well, well made, although they might be too short, but pick it up, feel it first, and don't worry about it being red rusty if it's just a car boot, because it's just been pulled out of his shed and it's just trying to get rid of them clean up it can be fantastic and as you can rightly say in Newark and places like that that specifically sell these they're worth buying from these people I think the great thing is that those um, as you say spades or, or other tools they have been around for, for many many years but they still do the job exactly and it wasn't it's only till quite recently that I was still using my granddad's fork and it still had the brass nameplate on the handle of the shop that sold it to him TNT Turner and Sons but, I mean, them days have gone now. Uh, but I, I'm, I, what I'm trying to say is don't go to these cheaper places and buy a nasty-looking spade. They might be four or five quid or even ten quid. And the, But if you look at them, I wouldn't give them house room, some of them, you know. And, but why I say this, it's, it's not being nasty because they, they've got a, a, a use... But someone that's interested in gardening and starting out for the first time, if they get hold of these tools, they can make the job a lot harder and it discourages them and it can, you know, can lose their will to carry on. You mentioned um, a fork there. Um, let's talk about garden forks. Often get asked, you know, what they're used for. Well, they're used to avoid slicing plant roots when transplanting. So you can get the fork down and dig the root up, whereas a spade would chop the roots in too. But you put it down, lever it up, and it avoids damaging the crop. So good for potatoes, basically. Yeah, very good. That's that's what they're mainly used for nowadays, lifting potatoes, yeah. They'll also lift weeds without breaking the roots, particularly gooch grass, which if you break the roots, they'll just multiply. So that's what you're trying to avoid. You can use them for opening up the earth, or in other words, just give it a light forking without moving the weighty bulk of the soil. This will also tie in with the no-dig technique, as it does less damage to the soil, and consequently, the worm population and other soil-dwelling insects that a spade can do. A fork is also used for lightly working in organic fertiliser, compost or manure around plants or shrubs. They are also ideal for moving piles of weeds or manure. The fibrous roots of some perennials can be divided, but you will need two forks for this by placing them back to back and using them as a lever to pull the plant apart. 
What about the designs of these tools? Yeah, the, 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 they've sort of stood still for a long time. And uh, if, if, I don't know if you've ever noticed when you're walking around garden centres, you'll find them. They're really starting to get to grips with this. And now the handles are being put at a, a, a 45 degree angle to the actual shaft. So it makes it easier to prise it back. You are not bending down so much. And this is what we're trying to avoid, bending and lifting with the back. That's what we don't want. And these different sorts of um, designs um, are seen most on the on the hose, aren't they? Yeah, hose are, are coming in. Now. Oh, there's, there's a, I'm glad you brought that one up in because there's a million and one different designs of hose now. They come in so many various designs. But make sure when you do buy one, you don't have to bend over to use it or it will be putting unnecessary strain on your bike. There can be some confusion which type of hoe to use. I mean, there's a swan neck hoe, also known, known as a draw hoe. This is used for a chopping motion as you work backwards. The other is a Dutch hoe, or more commonly known as a push hoe. This one is the most popular for keeping weeds down and must be kept sharp. This way they will cut through the weeds as you use it with a shoving action, and th- that shoving action should just be below the soil as it chops the weeds nice and cleanly. I saw a Dutch hoe when I went to Amsterdam, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A re- really nice bit of kit. They are, they're, they're the ones you want. I mean, a swan neck is not used as much, they're not an essential tool for the, anyone starting out. Although they are handy for drawing up soil around potatoes when they need earthing up. But remember, all tools must be kept sharp. When you talk about tools being kept sharp, you mentioned a file earlier on, didn't yes, you? I yeah. mean, is that how you would do it? Or? Yeah, you, you just get a file. In fact, the old gardens used to carry a file with them, you know, and just rub it over, even in the daytime, yeah. And that's why the space wore down so quickly, a lot, lot of them. If you were doing a lot of digging, and we're talking now with the old gardens when they used to dig something like half an acre, it makes a big difference. And these keep the tools spotlessly clean the the shaft I can remember the shaft and I can remember feeling that it felt like the actual wooden shaft used to feel like a bit of silk because I rubbed it down with emery paper and coated it with seed oil and it was just so smooth it would slip out of your hands that wouldn't it exactly that's what it's for yeah <laughs> long handed garden claws yeah these are an innovative tool and used as an alternative to a hand cultivator now, they are pretty good for small gardens, although I would not advise any use of these on large areas because of the intense, repetitive action needed. If you choose to use one, do so in an upright manner. Definitely no bending, or she will soon be aching in the lower regions of the back. Better quality models have an adjustable height, so they the ones to go for if you're going to purchase one. They work by the chisel end of the curved tines digging into the soil with a twisting motion to loosen it up with most of the leaves that come through the handlebars because you hold them by like that, these handlebars and twist it. It's a handy tool for reaching the bottom of a trench, making a good out when double digging. They're also very handy for working in a top dressing of fertiliser. They're absolutely brilliant for that. Put this fertiliser on, on the surface and just twist it in with the uh, claw. And they're brilliant for that. Now, this is the one that everybody, everybody's got one of these, haven't they? Little yeah. trowel. Yeah, yeah. This is for um, taking yeah, taking out the uh, the is. old uh, weeds and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff in your beds. And I'm smiling now because I think Ian knows what's going to come up with this. But a garden trowel, they're used to dig small holes in your garden, not dibbers. Oh, you're not a big <laughs> fan of the dibbers, are you? To plant, they use them for planting vegetables and digging small holes and, and all sorts of manner of plants. I know I've mentioned this before, but a garden dibber has no place in the gardener's armoury. <laughs> you have They make that. the wrong shape hole, this lies an air pocket at the roots, as well as compressing the soil, which the roots will find hard to penetrate. We don't do dibbers on this podcast, we don't all right? do dibbers. So if, if you, if you own a dibber, you're banned from listening to this podcast. Simply because it's a throwback from years ago when, when the nurseryman had to do this to save time, and he used to be on a machine, 
they had these dibbers and they rolled it and made all the holes. Just punching it, holes as it went along. Exactly. And, and so, of course, the home gardener started mimicking this, which is not, not uh, really a good practice. Uh, now, trolls, because they're small, they're normally get abused. I've seen them bent and twisted. So invest in a good quality one. I bought one some 25 years ago for £10, which I thought was a lot of money at the time. But I've still got it. It's still perfect and it's still operating. And where is that right now? Is that hanging in your shed? Yeah, it's hanging in my shed. Yeah. That's a stainless steel one, one of the few stainless steel things I uh, I own. Mowers. We have talked about mowers in the past, haven't we? But, yeah. the, I mean, there are so many of these. It's so difficult to work out which one you need it's, for your garden. I mean, for, for the for the newcomer, it's very, very confusing because uh, they come in a vast range of sizes. They can be manual, electric, battery-powered, or with an engine attached. However, there are only two types to choose from, from a cutting point of view, the hover or cylinder. Now, a hover is for general use, and these will cut uneven lawns and are easy to maintain and sharpen, where a cylinder mower has spinning blades in a barrel formation. The better quality the more blades it has, and it will cut better as opposed to the hover mower that normally just rips the grass. Cylinder mowers are used by the professionals and they will make those lawn stripes so much desired by gardeners. But it is the roller that does this by flattening the grass in the direction you are cutting. The type of mower you need will depend on your lawn size. But for smaller lawns, I would always consider a push mower. It is more convenient without any trailing cables and it will cut it, give you a super cut on your garden. Now, keeping your lawn in a tidy state... Um, side shears you yeah. know those long ones that, yeah. those long ones where you don't have to bend over and you can sort of just That's cut down right. the sides yeah. and, and the, I thought that was what strimmers were for no 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 strimmers are not for that they aren't designed for that they are used for that they are a bit of a butcher's tool on that because they'll chop all the soil out as well if you aren't careful and the main thing is they're dangerous because you're using them in a semi-upright position and it's flicking all the debris up into your face so if you haven't got goggles on, and even so with goggles, you're still not, it's still not a very good practice. Are oh, you not a fan of the strimmer? Um, but yeah, the strimmers have got, they're a very good, very good tool, but not for that. The side shears, I said the long handle, they cut the lawn edges without bending. And if you're going to cut your lawn, always trim the edges. It makes that much difference. And as I said before, if given the choice, I've only got time to mow or trim the edge, I trim the edge. It does make it look a lot better. It has an instant effect. Well, that's it. If you just go and have a trim at the hairdressers, um, it takes years off you, doesn't it? Exactly. Same, same works for your lawn. Now, the spring tinned rake. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. it's spelled like that, but it's normally pronounced a spring tine rake. Oh, right, sorry. It's a very handy tool. It's got very spring tine. The rakes are springy, very, very springy, and they don't damage the soil. And they're very handy tool to scarify the lawn, that is, raking all the dead grass and debris out of it. This should be done in autumn, but can be done more often using it very lightly. But definitely don't use it in summer and in hot weather. It does too much damage. Another good use for it is to gather all the leaves off the lawn and garden in the autumn. When the autumn is here and you've got them leaves all over the place and you, you can't pick them all because you're a, a springtime rake does a marvellous job. Just gently go over it and it scrapes them all into a nice pile for you. It really is a brilliant tool for scraping up leaves. So that's a springtime rake? Yes. Mm, I've never heard of one of those before. Obviously, because I called it a spring tinned rake. Yeah, well, uh, that, is, that is the way it's spoke. That's a quirk of the English language. Now, rotivators. I don't really know what rotivators do, but you, but you say these are the most misused tools in the garden. Yeah, rotivators are things you start up with an engine and you've got the blades spinning at the back and away you go. And it, uh, they, they do make a good job of the soil, but using them on a weed infested plot only makes a problem worse because it just chops them up and instead of finishing up with 1,000 weeds, you finish up with 5,000 weeds. And regular use on the same 
piece of land helps to create a hard pan because they dig at the same depth. They'll go down six inches and doing it year on, year on, they'll, where it finishes, where that blade finishes on, on, under the surface, you'll get this hard pan. And that is one of the problems with them. But they are ideal for mixing any manure or organic material left on the surface, as well as breaking up any big clods of earth. But overuse will ruin the structure of the soil. And this I've seen this so, so many times. I've been out judging best-kept allotments and best-kept front gardens. It breaks it down into the consistency of a baking powder. Then after the first rain, the fine soil will form a hard cap. That's a crusty surface. This capping will prevent the exchange of gases. It will cause any rainwater to run off and will be hard enough to stop any seedlings from breaking through it, except, of course, weeds. So it is wise to limit the use of rotavators on your garden. Use them, by all means, but use them wisely. It's kind of like sieving your garden, then, in a way, isn't it? it, And you think that the soil is made up of uh, big bits and small bits, and, you know... That's the structure of it. That's the structure. And if you use the rotavator, then it just makes it into sieve flour, like you say, or baking pan. It it just ruins us, totally ruins it. A lot of new gardeners think, because it's like it's nice, because the comparing it to peat now multi-purpose compost that is a different proposition that's an open uh, medium mm. but soil is not still got a couple of tools still to go through secateurs these yeah. are my mum always seems to have a, a secateurs in her hand at yep. all times so I always have to be um, on my best behaviour she's brilliant most gardeners do have a pair of secateurs in the hand or even clip to the bolt uh, they're brilliant because these can be purchased left or right handed which not many people know because you know they're not cut if they're not for your proper hand although it can be difficult to find left handed ones the three different blade designs basically and this is why I brought this up to try and avoid any confusion so if anybody wants to buy a pair they will know what to look for now the different blade designs is the anvil the bypass and the parrot beak anvil prunes have only one blade which closes onto a flat surface they tend to crush the stem, but remain reliable when they are slightly blunt. They are also useful for cutting thick branches. Now, bypass pruners are the most popular and widely available. They work exactly like a pair of scissors, with two blades passing by each other to make the cut. Parrotbeak pruners consist of two concave passing blades, which resemble the beak of a parrot. So that's, a, that's how they got the name. These trap the stem to make the cut, but they are only suitable for narrower stems. If secateurs did not have curved blades, the wood they are cutting would just slide off the off the jaws, and that's why they're curved to hold it on. Which one would you have then? The bypass, the bypass, are, 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 are much better. But for anybody that's not really a okay with gardening and just starting that, perhaps the uh, the anvil type would be better. So it's a matter of preference here, but the bypass make a cleaner cut, whereas others crush it. Now, if you're into topiary. Garden shears are very important. If you want to, like, for example, have a, a flamingo in your garden made out, made yeah, out of yeah, a bush yeah. or, uh, or a phallic them, something, yeah. I don't know. No, I've made them in the past. You know, that you, actually, that's a wire cage, that is, and you train your, your, your box around it. Oh, so you, you've done topiary before? Oh, yeah, I've done that, yeah. I've had to do it when my exams and all sorts. What's the sort of, like, shapes that you were doing? Well, I don't know what the finished up like, but one started off as a sort of deer, another one was a swan. And that's only two I can remember. And it's basically a wire cage you make. And you make it into that shape. And then you grow your plants around it. And your plants smother that cage and looks like the proper thing. Oh. But then comes this, the trimming down. And yeah. that's where you'll need garden shears, right? Just where you need garden shears. Uh, I mean, garden shears are in effect large scissors. They're not really an essential tool. Unless, of course, you have a formal edge to control or you just have a bit of topra. They can also be used to deadhead large clumps of daffodils, and it should go without saying that needs to be kept sharp, 
Mine are razor sharp, but even so, they will not cut wood or woody plants. They are used on the soft growth of edges, etc. So uh, it's a good tip there that if you've got large clumps of daffodils, then you can clip them down. And there are, there are also, I mean, we mentioned these tools, but let's remember there are some specially designed tools for the less abled, but there are many unvaried as well as being one-offs made by the handyman. If you need any more information on these, contact me via my website. That's www.thelasergardener.org. And, of course, garden shears are the ones that you see nosy neighbours using in sitcoms in the 1970s that's right, that's and 80s. Right, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. always like, oh, no, I'm just, um, just trimming my hedge. I'm not, yeah. I'm not overhearing what, you, what you're talking about. If you ever see anyone in the garden, even on a comedy programme, it's always shears have got in there. It's, always, it's always shears, because that means that you can be looking over the hedge and be listening into conversations. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, thank you very much to The Lazy Gardener, Rob Foster, and uh, keep looking out for more podcasts. The Lazy Gardener Podcast. Go well in the garden, go well in life. Thank <laughs> you.